long has he been here? Long time. It's my friend. He... He does things for me. Has he always been here? Nearly always. This is place of the dead. We're all dead here. This week is episode 21, Son of Frankenstein. Sorry about the long absence. You can check out our website, www.goldenagehorror.com, for more info about that. Hopefully it will be turned into a regular or semi-regular schedule going forward. Thanks. Hi, and welcome to the GoldenAgeHorror.com podcast. We're going to talk about Son of Frankenstein for the second time. An encore. It was so good the first. It was incredible. Um, it's a pretty... Uh, I guess, I mean, it's not really... It's a, it's a memorable movie. Um, I guess. In a sense. In a, sense. a lot of... Go ahead. I guess I don't know. It's got a lot of uh, memorable and iconic bits in it. Yeah, you know, the it's ones that barred from Frankenstein. What's that? The ones that barred from Frankenstein. Well, and and some touches of its own, like the uh, Inspector character in uh, Bela Lugosi's Igor. Yeah. Largely uh, nonsensical. Like he died, but he didn't die because they need to have more characters in it. I mean, all the some. I mean, that's true. In it, that's like a weird way to put it. <laughs> but uh, um, yeah. I mean, like, well, the first three movies all kind of get folded into the these three movies: Frankenstein, The Bride of Frankenstein, and The Son of Frankenstein. All kind of got folded into the public perception of the movie Frankenstein. You know? Yeah. So I mean, largely to do with the the Mel Brooks movie, which I haven't seen, but like the, the Inspector Krogh a lot of people think of that as Frankenstein Belagosi's Igor um, and the, the, usually usually the character that um, Dwight Fry plays in the first movie uh, is called Igor in the popular imagination even though I think the character's name was Carl yeah because Igor dies at the very beginning right? What? doesn't Igor die at the very beginning? isn't he hanged? no I don't think there is an Igor in Frankenstein Igor is is in this movie, I thought he, he, I thought the, the point was they got hanged, and like the idea was like, oh, we hanged him, but we can't believe he lived. Well, they hanged him, but uh, he didn't die; they just broke his neck. Yeah, and then buried him or something. I don't think they. I think but he got they, better. What? But he got better from it. Uh, I I. I thought I thought he was the guy. Hang, I thought he was hanging the first movie for corpse robbing. Oh, I don't think so. 
Maybe. I've never heard that. I've never heard that before. That's possible because it's right in the beginning of the first movie, huh? Yeah. But is it? Uh, I don't know. I guess I don't know about the time frame. I suppose it's possible. You know, because um, uh, Victor Frankenstein has a grown son in his thirties or forties. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me see. Let me just fact check that. But I guess actually. Um, it doesn't really matter. I don't think these movies are really playing hard and fast with uh, the continuity. <laughs> continuity, so it could very well be. It's certainly a callback. Now that you say that, I don't. Know, I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't. Um, it's definitely like he hunched back a man in the beginning. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't obviously it wasn't Lugosi, but that doesn't mean anything. Interesting. Interesting. Well, uh, the Igor character in this movie is basically the best part, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. I guess, yeah. I mean, Lugosi's the most charismatic person on the screen at any given time. Right. Right. And they've reduced they reduced um, the the pathos of the monster from the first two movies into this sort of uh, non-existent. Just, yeah, he's just a rote monster murderer type character now. But he's got the heart of a child. The heart of a child, but like the a hands of a murderer. Hands of a murder, and and none of the uh, the heart of a child in that he's he doesn't understand what's going on, and he, what if he does, doesn't get his way, he gets mad. Yeah, but not in the, not in the sense of the other movies where it was tragic that he had the heart of a child. This is just dangerous. Yeah, because he just he's too dumb. He's dumb. He doesn't know better. Right. That's the side that's presented. Um, like a child. It does have. Uh, uh, Sherlock Holmes actor Basil Rathbone. What does he do? Is he, he, is, is he Frankenstein? He is Frankenstein. He is he's Wolf Frankenstein. Um, the new Frankie. But he, I mean, he's he's also a fairly uh, fun actor to watch. But the role in the movie is pretty mediocre as well. Uh, it, it just it sort of it sort of illust- his character actually I think illustrates best the difference between this movie and the other two movies. Because uh, if the character of um, Frankenstein in the other movies was like a borderline lunatic who who uh, was never able to take control of his situation, whereas in this one, Wolf Wolf Frankenstein is like literally a swashbuckler. Yeah, <laughs> He's, he buckles the swashes. He takes out the big scary Frankenstein monster. Yeah, he kicks him into a pit of sulfur or whatever. Like a, swinging on a rope. Yep. I think that's the literal definition of swashbuckling: is swinging on ropes and kicking people off of things. I certainly, it's certainly how I, ima- I uh, imagine um, swashbuckling. I believe, I believe, uh, Basil Rathbone was also in uh, Captain Blood and uh, The Adventures of Robin Hood, which were two um, sort of classic swashbucklers. So he just he just uses his skills. They hired him to be a swashbuckler. Yeah. I think he plays a villain in those movies, but I guess he's kind of the villain in this movie in a sense too. Although no, I guess it's really more Bela Lugosi. Yeah. yeah, I mean he's just kind of he's the everyman stumbling in, and we're all confused. We're as confused as he is as what's going on. And then he uh, uses his incredible scientific knowledge to reconstruct his father's experience, just like the everyman. Just yeah, you gotta you gotta live up to your father's legacy somehow. According to uh, Wikipedia, Peter Laurie was uh, originally supposed to play that role. But he's like, no thanks. 
I don't know what exactly the. Uh, I've got other things to do. Then re- then I doubt it. Then I doubt re- he had anything else to do in nineteen. Well, maybe he did. I guess he would have been in Alfred Hitchcock movies at this point. But uh, I think that that's a pretty that's a fairly different movie. Right. Peter Laurie is Wolf on Frankenstein. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean. It was a differently acted movie, but still kind of like a, I don't think you would have script <laughs> decisions. No, but I think they would. I think they would write the. I think the script would be different. You wouldn't buckle as many swashes. I think. Yeah, I think the the. Well, Peter Laurie is certainly just by um, how he acts. I think it's almost a different. He he can't play the character as written. He's. He. I think they would have a difficult time conjuring sympathy for him. I mean that's just he looks a little weird, but that's like yeah. Well, I think I think um, I think in America, Peter Lorre is like sort of locked into playing the heavy or the the villain or something. Yeah, I don't think he, I don't think he ever gets to. I mean, he's he's sympathetic in a sense in M, or at least not sympathetic, but you can empathize with his uh, the speech at the end. He gives an M. Yeah, I mean, part of it's probably just like his not perfect English. Right, sure. He's got a thick accent and he's got weird, bulgy fish eyes. Yeah. I believe there was a short story that uh, maybe it was by Kim Newman that um, suggested that he was uh, from Innsmouth, that he had the Innsmouth look. <laughs> like the nice fishman look? Yeah, the fishman look. Which I thought was kind of funny. He might. He's got a little of it. He doesn't have the fishman voice, but... He doesn't... Well, he doesn't... Yeah. He's not bemoaning his lack of dead rats. I mean... his... That would be more of a Basil Rathbone role. You think? Yeah, to bemoan the lack of dead rats, or, like, his abundance of them. Yeah. Or, well, I mean, you just... I guess the problem with the... The main issue with dead rats is you don't want to have too few or too many. Yeah. One dead rat is really enough for anyone. It's enough for me, certainly. <laughs> I don't know about... I can't speak to everyone else's preferences. You learn weird things about people, but yeah. This movie in general, can... in general, one dead rat is enough for anyone. In general, I would say. Okay. So, uh, yeah, this is the second time we've done this podcast. First time, a terrible, tragic recording accident took place. It's kind of like um, this movie, where it's the second time they decided to do Frankenstein. Actually, time number three. Well, you know what I mean. The yeah, six, I mean the first two are almost like one. Friday Frankenstein is its own movie. Yeah, it is. This movie is a Frankenstein. Is a poor man's retreading of Frankenstein. It, it it lacks more than anything else. James Whale, I suppose. Yeah, was one would hope that he would have brought his influence to make any more original story, and a more compellingly directed piece. This was just kind of like, hey, hard movies are popular again. Let's make it one of them Frankie Steins. Frankie Stein. Yeah, but let's bring him back to the silver screen. And then they did. Yep. Pooped it out. And then people were like, yeah, okay. I got you. Whoa. This was actually the, uh, this was actually, I think we talked about this last time, but, uh, uh, sort of, this was sort of the big revival movie for uh, Universal Horror Pictures. Yep. Um, according, again, according to Wikipedia, the Wikipedia article on Son of Frankenstein, which is just a font of information, says that uh, 
A, a bankrupt theater in Los Angeles staged a desperate stunt by booking Frankenstein, Dracula, and King Kong on a triple bill, and it became a phenomenon, and Universal decided to make a big budget Frankenstein sequel. This movie was a big hit, and it con- this is the reason why there is all those uh, sons of Frankensteins and houses of Draculas, and Frankenstein versus the Wolfman, and Wolfman versus Dracula, and... and it- Makes, the monster soup of, of the 40s. And that makes a lot of sense because it's the very start of one of those types of movies. It does. It feels a lot like those movies. The uh, the edgy the edginess is, is largely gone from this. And the, uh, the sort of... It, it, I mean, although this has a lot of gothic trappings, it does not feel gothic to me in the same way that the first two Frankenstein movies do or that Dracula does or that the white, or that white zombie does or any of those movies. No, it feels very... By the numbers. Yeah. Like, we need to make another one of them movies, so we made another one of those movies. Yeah. And then it, this is it's, this is the result. This is the product of those movies. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean... So, this movie is... is uh, more for completists, I suppose, than it is for like someone who. I mean, I guess if you watched the first two Frankenstein movies and enjoyed them, you could probably watch this one and enjoy it. Enjoy, it enjoy enough, enough. That is, I guess. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. Those other two are basically on a on a level of their own. This amongst is, these movies. This is nothing to like leave your leave a note for your dead son about, you know. No. Absolutely. Or your living son. <laughs> You're dying. Your son is living. Yeah, yeah. Hey, don't, don't leave him this. Yeah, not not worth not worth a posthumous quest. Yeah, <laughs> just like you can forget about this one. <sighs> I mean, it's too bad because it's a movie with Boris Karloff, Bela Lugosi, and it's a Frankenstein picture. Yeah, but you know, everyone, plenty of people, you know, even prominent actors at some point just you know start going through the motions. This was this was Karloff's last time uh, in a Frankenstein movie. That makes sense. If I was Boris Karloff, I would make this my last time in a Frankenstein movie. Well, I guess he was he was in some. I think he was. In, I think it's called Frankenstein 1970. Okay, I have to look that up. He was in that one as well. I don't think it was. It wasn't filmed in 1970 for sure because I believe he was. I'm like 99 percent sure he was dead in 1970. But well, uh, didn't he play Frankenstein in like House of Frankenstein? He did not. Oh, he did. He played, but he didn't play. He didn't play the monster. He, he played, played the doctor. To play the doctor. Frankenstein 1970 is from 1958, and he played Baron Victor von Frankenstein. But he was making—he was like making a monster or something. Yeah, that makes sense. What else did he make? Yeah, I don't know. Oh, he did. He played. Uh, he played the villainous Doctor Neiman in the House of Frankenstein. Oh, okay. My mistake. Did you make a mistake? I did. I called him Doctor Frankenstein. Oh right, he didn't. Yeah, he didn't play Frankenstein in that one. No, I assumed he did. He played some doctor in a movie a, called House of Frankenstein. He played a doctor who was making a monster. So my presumption was, he played Frankenstein. Well, he played the Frankenstein stand-in at that point. Your Frankenstein equivalent. I mean, if we're thinking, I mean, I haven't seen House of Frankenstein, so maybe he doesn't even bother. Maybe he's just reviving, making Draculas. The <laughs> like all his many Dracula's as he can cook up. Yeah. Just got a big old Dracula factory. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that that was actually Universal. What was Universal? 
who had the Dracula factory. Oh, fair. Yep. No, I mean, the thing, they don't really make too many Dracula. I guess they do make Dracula movies. Yeah. There's a son of Dracula. There's Dracula's daughter. And I'm sure at some point, I'm sure Dracula also appeared in a number of these films. Dracula had a house, which means subject of a movie. He, you can see him, like, galloping his way across the countryside on the run from the Van Helsings or something in House of Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. So Dracula definitely made appearances, if not have his own movie. So we're it's settled. listening to episode 21 of the goldenagehorror.com podcast visit our website for more information articles and show notes my first ebook is out on amazon it's called all godless here if you liked our podcast you can leave us a rating or review on itunes if you don't want to miss an episode join our mailing list at our website or like us on facebook at facebook.com slash all godless here you could follow me on twitter at the water method or andrew at pizza pranks Andrew's website is www.pizzapranks.com. Our theme music is the Swan Lake Dub by Dubology. We found it on SoundCloud. Next week, we're going to talk about either Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde or King Kong, depending on which one Andrew feels like watching this week. Thanks again for listening, and that website is www.goldenagehorror.com. Thank you.